unders, down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri, Art of War, down under. And gentlemen, and welcome to the holiday end of year wrap up episode of Art of War Down Under. That being episode 177, it is crazy to think we're we're going to be you know rolling into episode 200 about midway through next year, which is terrifying to me. But uh, I am joined by two magnificent Canadian gentlemen. But they are sitting up there in the cold white north, as I am down under in the burning south. I don't know how that works, but uh, don't tell your doctor about the burning south, or, or please do if that is something that's happening to you. Uh, well, we're starting off on a high note, as you can see. Definitely no lowbrow humor here. But Scary Ridvan Martinez, welcome to the show, mate. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me all the way across the airwaves. Looking forward to reviewing this year. <laughs> and the mogul, as we call him on the Warhammer Meta Chasers, Dustin Henshaw. Hello, mate. Hello. How's it going? Thanks for having me on here. And it's actually quite a warm out outside right now, unseasonably so. But I think we're going to well, freezing rain tomorrow, which is not cool. Well, I'm getting the opposite. I've had like a super mild summer so far in australia um and it is pl- it's a pro- it's apparently going to storm and storm and storm all the way through uh like christmas eve or christmas day so it's going to be quite interesting I'm Chase used that to weather being, matter i'm used to it being high 20s mid 30s high 30s you know and literally cooking in the sun as you try and cook your things on your barbecues your grills uh on my christmas day but uh it looks like we might be huddling inside around the tree and just hanging out uh but anyway we are recording this on the day before christmas eve and we all have a lot to do we all have families and you guys have children now and i'm having christmas at my house so forgive us if these episodes are a little on the shorter side first of which will of course will be our year in review looking back on the last 12 months of 40k um, and the hobby in general where all three of us are content creators we'll be able to talk to the game at a numerous different levels and then on part two a bunch of list of questions and a naughty or nice list which we're just going to throw out on rapid fire and i am going to be releasing both of those episodes for free for your enjoyment and hopefully to give you some holiday cheer it can be a very hard time of year for many people um i know there were some times in my life where i was spending christmas virtually alone um, because of you know uh, various things uh, and choices and not feeling welcome in my family. So if you are in any way in a similar situation, hopefully a little bit of holiday cheer from the team at Art of War Down Under and Art of War will carry you a little bit further through the holidays, give you some you know, some company, hopefully someone to talk to or listen to, and hopefully some laughs and uh, some entertainment. And if you are spending time with family, enjoy. Kick back. Hopefully, it's wonderful, stress free, and uh, brings you lots of mirth. Um, if you want to get that other part too, if you want to support me in anything I do, come over to Patreon at Art of War Down Under and jump on in there. Uh, Scar and Dustin, I understand we have a metamorphosized stud and or scrub that needs to be plugged. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my longtime partner and the co-founder of Stutter Scrub Jesse has. Not fallen out of love with the hobby, but he's not finding it as enjoyable as he used to be. So we decided it was time for him to take a step back for the next little while. So it was uh, a hard decision if I wanted to keep it going or not because it, it felt a little wrong to keep going without him. But at the same time, and I said this on the podcast too, like the Stutter Scrub has become a huge part of my competitive identity. So I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. I had to keep it going, and I needed somebody that. I have a good rapport with that I can actually talk to with 
about 40k and then play with and i i settled on scary i couldn't find one so i, I, got, I got him instead <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> find anyone better than me so you just had to settle <laughs> just had to settle for yeah. the bottom uh, of the barrel didn't you oh well yeah I'll dug all it. the way into the dark city and found this guy no, it's a, it's yeah. been really fun. I think we've done what two episodes so far. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing them bi-weekly. Um it is a podcast of course find on any of your podcasting um times and places. And uh yeah, it's Dustin and I bantering about Warhammer and then interacting with uh, the audience and stuff. It's yeah, fun. it's fun. it is a, it's a competitive focused podcast so like because we're both WDC enthusiasts like we love the team events we always yeah. strive to do well at WDC so that's our focus we always talk about that kind of stuff anything focused around it but we also have a lot of uh rants and reviews and stuff that we go over with too because we have very strong opinions and now that we have a really? podcast you know to share them yeah i know Wait. right are you saying the, that 40k players and hobbyists and war gamers have strong opinions? Man, you, I know. We just, we just so. Completely, completely. It's like, in minds right now. It's like a new, it's like a new genre called reality. <laughs> opinionated reality. <laughs> yeah, opinionated nerds. Who would have thought? Anyway, yeah. let's go into our year in review. It's been a pretty good year. I mean, compared this year to the last couple, this has been. a Damn fine year. Uh, but, gentlemen, how was it coming into 2023 out of, you know, I guess 2022 and the, the two, three years of COVID that we all went through pandemic-wise? We'll start with yourself, Scary. What, what was it like coming into 2023 for you? It was awesome. Uh, well, you know, early 2023, we had the release of 10th edition Warhammer 40,000. And I think most of our year has sort of been shaped around that specific sort of like moment in time. Um, I had the opportunity to travel down to Florida and hang out with um, the Art of War crew at the Stream House, which was yep. really fun because I've been on the Art of War team and I've been Almost a coach on the Art of War right? since since before Nick kind of made the Art of War. <laughs> like I was, I literally started, you know, when Nick started and when they started the Art of War basically right away. And so it was nice to finally be able to go and hang out and uh play some games and and create some content and be on a live stream and uh, it was really really fun and it was all with like the new edition of the game which was very very entertaining so that's how my my year started fantastic what about yourself dustin i mean my year started up pretty well because i got to go and cast the lvo with uh the flg team yourself included and that was absolute blast i love doing that so that started off my year pretty well everything else in the year has been it was it was exciting but it was hard because it was during mm. uh during my wife's pregnancy which it was it was a rough one yeah but worth it in the end so i mean started off exciting but rough but lvo just kind of kick-started my it kicked me in the ass to be so excited for the rest of the year and the uh the tournament went so well, and then tenth drop, and it was just yeah, it was uh, it was it was a good feeling. It was a very good. Mm. Feeling. It's wild because yeah, it does feel like tenth has been out for most of the year, but it only came out in June. It came out on the twenty fourth of June. Yeah, uh, so it's like we did have half a year of ninth and half a year now of tenth. Um, I had a I had a phenomenal start to the year. Like you said, I I kicked off the year pretty much. Playing in Uprising in in um, Australia in the three day you know a, a gamer, then jumping on a plane the next day after it finished, flying over and streaming the LVO. So that was an absolute 
kick-ass way to kick off the the year, especially seeing as like the last two years had been pretty stagnant. Uh, especially oh, yeah, on the I mean, comparatively, front there's no comparison. <laughs> At the beginning yeah, of the well, year, so, way better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I managed to spend some time in Toronto as well, which was fantastic during that little um, that little trip and Vancouver. I traveled here, there, and everywhere this year, so I've had a I've had a phenomenal start to the year. But let us talk about the last six months of ninth edition. Scary, what were your thoughts on the uh, the closing the closing of the lights? Or well, as you can tell. Um, my brain was telling me that I had started playing 10th at the beginning of the year. So that's how memorable the end of ninth was to me. Yeah. Um, it was, it was like, it was fine. Like I went to LVO and had a good time. Uh, you know, I got to, got to play lots of games and just kind of like ref- end up the year with like a decent performance at LVO. And then, uh, and then went into like just continuing to make content and, and kind of get ready for for the new edition, and uh, it was it was good. It was like a good state of the game. Like and like tenth ninth edition was was well. Like they did a lot of work to kind of balance it out, and there was like you know a lot of effort put in. It seems to like keep us appeased as a community. Yep. And with stuff that they've never really done, and uh, so it kind of had set the expectations for what we need, what we wanted to see moving forward. Yeah, totally agree. I, mean, I think the last couple of last six months was very stable. Um, some would say. I mean, I even found I found it unfortunately a little bit boring. I felt like we needed a we needed a, a kick shake up uh, it up the butt in the in the realm of things like missions, just to keep things kind of fresh. Because I feel like playing the same mission, the exact same missions, virtually um, for most of the edition, felt a little bit. Uh, same same even though we did have some different iterations here and there um and then i think like i felt like um because there were some decisions made that wtc was going to be playing with the new edition i felt like a ninth edition died prematurely like in my in my head if not in my heart like because i i just knew when the timeline was going to fall that most likely the new edition was going to so even though like um ninth edition ended in late june i felt like i disconnected from it in like mid-may or sorry, mid-April. Is that safe to say for you guys as well? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I was saying, yep. Gary and I are both WTC players, right? So once we mm-hmm. heard that it was confirmed, tenth edition was going to be played at WTC ninth. It's like, okay, well, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> there was just like a big step back and be like, well, I don't need to put any more time into this. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't want to confuse myself. I'm going to be learning all this competitive tenth edition stuff in a short amount of time. I cannot, uh, I cannot put any more time or effort into ninth edition at this point. Then, yeah, you need to kind of get good quick. You know, we were there just kind of waiting for everything to drop like eating up those little those little tidbit posts they put on the warhammer community page to be like mm-hmm. and they're gonna do we're gonna do this and there's gonna be less re-rolls and we're like oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did say that didn't they <laughs> yeah several times uh, they, they were did. they were really focusing on that uh yeah that didn't happen um, yeah, yeah, fit. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, enough of the the talking about the past. Let's talk about the present edition. The first first six months of tenth uh, edition are pretty much on us right now. It's the twenty third of December as I'm recording it now. It came out on the twenty fourth of June. So tenth edition launched, and Dustin, first impressions, and then before, what do you think now? Before uh, tournaments or after tournaments, because. Originally, when I started when I started reading up and looking at a tenth, I was excited about it because it, it was as you were saying. Ninth was feeling a little still. Ninth was great. It was it actually was really good. It was it was, it was, phenom- yeah. it was phenomenal. But 
it, it started getting a little still. And it was mostly the missions. And I, again, WDC player, I love the tactical cards. I loved Maelstrom. I thought that was like the best way to play the game because I'm also a reactive player. So I love just neither, like neither of us, my, myself or my opponent, knowing what I'm going to do on my turn until I draw my cards. I love that aspect of the game. He plays GSC, everybody. Don't respect that. Do not respect that. <laughs> I do play GSC, <laughs> and they're very good at that. But anyway, the seeing that I was excited, and then I I saw oh you could do, or you could do fix too. Like, like oh okay, so it makes everybody happy. So it's like this is this is amazing. This is so good. Then I played a couple practice games. Uh, I think the first game of tenth I ever played was against Scary. Actually, yeah, I think Ooh, it was. Nice. It was. And like, this this is this is a lot of fun. Like I mean, we both had no idea what we were doing with lists. We just basically brought one of everything to kind of try everything. I was like, this is a lot of fun. And then. Uh, Started getting the more competitive aspect into it and realized this is actually a little busted. <laughs> it's mm. not okay right now. <laughs> Tenth at launch to me, like before I got into the competitive accent, like when I was just practicing and just reading it and trying all my stuff, I I loved that and I felt great. But I think that was just um, addition and codex excitement. The same thing that happens whenever your codex launches. Doesn't matter how shitty your army is, once you start playing it and trying all your new toys, that part is fun. Even if something's not good, because you're getting all this new stuff to try out, it's fun. And I think that's what I was suffering from when it first came out, because as I was getting more into the competitive uh, stream of things, it felt not good. And I think a lot of people felt that way with 10th. It was... Mm. There was a lot of problems with it. Yeah, there was like... like, There were some things that as a competitive player, right, you could, even without playing the game, I'm, I'm referencing, like, mainly Eldar directly, but, like, yeah. just knowing a little bit of the game, you could look at the at some of the stuff that they that they printed and, like, mm-hmm. release for Eldar and just been like, what were they smoking? Yeah. Well, what were they like, thinking? what in the... What? Who... Who thought this was a good idea? Who hired Matt Ward? <laughs> oh, jeez! What in the world is going? It was because it was well, it was madness, is what it yeah, was. It was also. It's all, I'm always I'm always interested to pull it back from the indexes and just ask people on release. Did you have any issues with the rule, the core rules? Did it, did, uh, were there any big holes in the core rules you guys found? I uh, not really. Like uh, I think the thing that got that that. I think the initial impression was, oh, combat is dead or whatever, right? Mm, and that, yeah. A lot of people kind of made that initial impression based on, well, the fact that, uh, you know, you had to, like, charge in a certain way and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, but over time, we found that, you know, it's not actually that bad, right? No, like, it's, to, it's, it's a different it, way to do it, for it's sure. It's just a different way to do it. But in well, terms it, of the core yeah. core rule mechanics, they have, like, they... they they just changed the game. Like it was enough of a change that it's not the same game, and I think that was a good thing. And I was just excited to see it sort of pan out. And I didn't really miss anything, if that makes sense. Like it's not like I was playing tenth, being like, "Oh, I wish I could still do this that I could do in ninth." You know, mm-hmm. yep. that I never felt that way. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I, I, think, I, I think the core rules were. For the most part, I, they were pretty solid. There's just a couple interactions with the core rules and the indexes that uh, made for some janky things. That yeah. Were okay. So the only the only couple of things that I point out in the core rulebook that were you know definitely problematic on release, Overwatch, and I still I still think Overwatch is, is Overwatch was slightly yes. too good. Yeah. It was definitely too good when you could just have YOLO, here's my three, you know, night tyrants with the super flamers and uh, lols. Can you be seen? You are dead. Um, 
Rapid Ingress and Overwatch were the two two of the biggest the real game changes in the core book. The fact that Overwatch is at 24 inches still is kind of mind-boggling to me. I really thought it'd be trimmed down to 18 or even 12 by, you know, six months into it. But, you know, that could be definitely a... a um, uh, I do think it has been r- reduced in efficacy because we as the players have gotten better at avoiding it. We, are, we as yeah. the players have gotten better at mitigating it. But on release, I was like, wow, this cannot not be problematic. And, you know, they went through so many... and. It, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm racing ahead here. They went. It, it feels like they went through so many levels of trying to take away the feel bads from the game, especially mm-hmm. for new players, because there was definitely a hellacious amount of of bad gotchas built into the game in Eighth Edition, and then some more in different ways in Ninth Edition. You know, they went through so many hoops of. In, in our minds, they killed the fight phase in order to stop try pointing in a lot of ways and stop yes. people from wrapping, trapping, tapping all the different mechanics and beautiful things you could used to be able to do. I thought they went too far in trimming that back. I, I love what they did with the consolidate, but I thought the piling should be judicious. Like when I charge my opponent, I should want to try and reach all and hit every opponent I can before I swing. And I thought it made sense for me to, if I'm a savvy player, to be able to reach out, reach out and touch and tap everything I can in the combat phase because I'm aggressive and all this stuff. But then I thought if you kept the restrictions, what they still have now on the consolidate phases and you can't consolidate unless you can hit a new unit yep. or get on an objective. I thought that's a, it's a very good, that's a, that would be a very good fix. But the fact that they did both, I thought was a bit over overboard at the time. I still do. In fact, I think it's overboard, but we have, we are, once again, we as the players have found ways and means and reasons yeah. for combat to still be good. Not, not just combat, but like, I think one of the terrain itself changed, right? Yeah. Yes. Cover became well. A couple of like big room mechanics. We had like AP had kind of gone down across the board, and then cover was like, like everybody was just in cover all the time, right? Like yeah. yes, how it feels yeah, yeah, right. Um, but it was also very interesting mechanics. Like <clears throat> they put out like a whole rules commentary to to talk about which. Uh, the more the more that it's existed, the it's proven that it's actually quite good. But originally, when I read like the commentary, I was like. Why are they being so redundant with everything, right? Yeah, but yeah. but it seems like it's worked. You know, a lot of the stuff is like, did you read the commentary about like that exact rules interaction? It's probably in there. Fair. Yeah, D- they, they, they actually done a great job about uh, updating things. I will give them credit on that because they have been. Well, this is also coming from players that have been in this game for God knows how long, right? They have come a long way in terms yeah. of keeping the game fresh and updated and dare I say balanced because what has it been six months like exactly six months yeah virtually exactly six months. if you look at the way the 10th was launched and all the problems that it had and you look at the game now they got there in six months that's yeah. impressive uh, I it mean, still doesn't thinking, yeah. excuse the fact that they kind of sold us a beta it however. does not you mean it like it does not <laughs> You know, you gotta, you, you, you do have to. You do, I can't believe Scar is the one being. Me too. What is going on here? I, I played Baldur's Gate three. Oh my god! Oh, that's why you're one of those okay. guys now. And it's <laughs> Baldur's Gate showed us that everybody that, can actually release a real game and a real game and all this shit on release that I can pay for one time and don't have to pay a billion DLCs for. Yes. Okay. Now I expect that from every company. Point, point on the dull West steampunk 2020 that hurt you. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, I do, I do agree. I think. Uh, well, the next question I was going to ask you guys is: Was indexing the right thing to do? Do you think the ninth edition codex could have translated to tenth edition? I mean, I know in eighth edition we had the 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 baby update or the I guess the um 
the what was what was it called the omens uh, the thing and the stuff where they, everyone got a little baby codex that got made that got them ninth edition ready. Uh, it was like uh, the Vigilist. No, was it Vigilist? No, that was, no, that was Arcs of Omen. Arcs of Omen, that's right. Everyone got the little Arcs of Omen update that brought them in line um, with the ninth edition stuff. Uh, could they and should have, they have done that with the very calm waters and stability we had at the end of ninth edition? Would it have been a better idea to do that to translate us into 10th edition rather than the, uh, like you said, the beta test of the indexes? The uh, indexes were a good idea, in my opinion. I like the indexes. The only thing I don't understand that they could have kept the same, is why not call actions, actions? I actually, it's so funny. It's I so like funny that, that they refuse. They, they tiptoe ref- around actions. <sighs> it's just because you call it the same thing doesn't mean it's the same edition. Like, the edition no. is different enough that you can... It was a good mechanic. Like, when you said action, you knew what it, it was. And now you just call it action. It's like when Deep Strike wasn't a thing, and you just called it Deep Strike, because yeah. it was... Deep strike. So this so it's simply because they went to USRs and they were angry at us for us forcing them back to using USRs. I mean universal special rules that they were like, why use many word with few word good? Let's put let's put let's write actions as if you are if you do not shoot, do not charge. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you well, they had to make also, the book longer somehow. They did. They did. If they just said perform an action as a as a USR or something, instead they're just like, do not shoot, do not charge. Um, <laughs> on every, on every so single means, pattern sheet everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. So this is the same thing as an action, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And me, uh, yeah, we well, we now call it like pushing the button, you know, for like uh, dance. Yeah, push buttons. Like that. That's what we push call button. it. Push buttons. Push button, yeah. do action. Yeah. Um uh, next next topic. Uh, oh, I sorry. Uh, did we finish on that one about the ninth edition possibly being translated instead of the indexes? Do we think that was a good idea? Scary thinks it's a good idea. Dustin, was it a good idea? Uh, it was a good idea, but they they released it before it was ready. That was obvious. The, or okay, did they just not have beta testers that? They sh- you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diss, diss the beta. No, fuck it. What the hell were you guys doing in there? Like, oh, this is ridiculous. That was the stupid. Some of the stupidest in there. That you, how could you play that game and look me in the eye and say, "Yeah, I tested. It's fine," and not look like an idiot? Because. Oh, God, that was bad. Well, old potty mouth Dustin over here. Usually yeah. we have one, <laughs> one or two poignant F's and S's in part two yeah. when you know to get our keep our PG rating. And Dustin's here just like nope, smashing the big red button. It's been uh, it's been it's been twenty minutes in. We're fine. We're we're missing all the <laughs> all the flags. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, I I I don't love the indexes. I didn't love to stay indexed. I thought. Um, with the addition change, it made a lot, and with how stable ninth edition was, and of course they probably didn't take that into account. Though they probably went looking, looking at the competitive game, being like, "Man, things are really stable and good over there. It's probably a perfect time to just update those like little FAQ for each book, and then carry, let them carry into tenth edition." Um, but we we got the indexes for better or for worse, and in a lot of ways it was for worse because the first couple of the oh man, the, the first couple of months of of 10th edition was just i didn't play elder like i i did not play a single game against um wraith knights um in 10th edition because it was no point i learned very early and early on the edition of just like i just that that code that index is not going to survive in the current way in shape that it is so therefore i'm not going to play against it <laughs> I, yeah, I was in a similar situation with my GSC because I, I am a GSC player, obviously. And if you well, remember, GSC were pretty busted. In the you early, were the only army that could. Like, 
it was I played a couple of games of it and it just I stopped. Like this is this is not fun. Like, mm. This is this is not Warhammer for me because Warhammer for me, like I I need to be challenged, I need to be able to have like this really tactical discussion with my opponent and I not just put my shit on the table and kill you. Like this is Yes. Yeah, this is not fun. <laughs> so I switched to Tyranids <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while, while I, mean, I yeah. waited for them to get nerfed. If you enjoy your handicaps, that was a good choice. Uh, <laughs> Scary, what were your thoughts on the first, like, I guess, first month of 10th edition? Uh, I had a lot of fun. You know, I did, quickly found out, well, the first month of 10th edition, like, it was pretty much WTC testing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that was exactly. all it was. And, you know, so we quickly found out that my favorite faction just couldn't stand up to um, yeah, a lot of the stuff, especially on like, because back then it was like, try and put 30 Dark Lances in your list and profit. But like, WC, WTC switched their tables and terrain layout to be like, stupidly dense. Mm-hmm. Within the new context, which was like, necessary. big area pieces of terrain. It was necessary because of things like knights and towering, and you know, like, there was, there was a purpose in place for it. Um, and then the team was like, you play Necrons. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's do this. So <laughs> so my experience with the early edition of the part of the game was literally how can I make my opponent so frustrated that they can't kill Lichguard ever? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was that was my experience, literally making people upset to play me. <laughs> and how did that make you I mean at WTC like everyone expects people to be coming in with that mindset like but how did that make have you feel because you are uh, I was giggling the whole time I absolutely loved it okay it was, <laughs> was really he is fun. a dark elder player did it make you feel more like an archon <laughs> it, yeah I was just cackling the entire time like the entire time uh, I was playing games I was like this is so silly because I well, just see my opponent get like blue in the face just mm. like trying to kill the transcendence of done after the third turn of having their entire army shoot at it and i just sit there and just be like this is so silly yeah yeah well this is i guess this is this was my uh, conjecture about the different design philosophies of 10th edition it was so clear to me like what i said before that they'd spent so much effort trying to restrain the possible feel bads in the core book that they didn't really give a crap about how many just just how many feel bads there were in the indexes just a single you know wraith knight shot just annihilating any unit in the game on a six Um, gsc perpetually eternally recycling at all times without fail freaking acolyte bombs for some reason being one of the most dangerous things in the game um yeah, it, it literally the one of the two of the worst stat check armies we have seen in a very long time. That being Necrons and on release custodies. To call ten custodian guard that are going to advance and charge and fight first. Can you deal in two turns flat? And if you could not deal in at least two turns flat, you got no primary. Game was over. Uh, and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It, it goes on. Um, is it just that they they just they spent way too much time on one and not the other, or is that always as, as intended? Because like you said, it was very much a beta release. Uh, I I can't give them enough credit to say it was intended. I think they fell ass backwards into it at this point. I mean, Fair. I'm happy about it, but I think the initial plan was something entirely different. And that we and we saw that with the initial release. Right mm-hmm. now, give them, giving them credit again. Listening, whether it was listening to us or figuring out, oh wait, this actually isn't isn't good and fix you to the point that they have now. Because I mean, with all of the fixes that they've done, I'd say 
the majority of them have been things that the community was was saying just do this and yeah this is the problem right so was it intentional i doubt it but listening to us has definitely made a difference i will say the I mean, I absolutely applaud the last balanced data slate. I think it's possibly the best one they've ever done because it took a game that was in a possible death spiral, thanks to you know, uh, literally thanks to GSC and other. It was yep, yes, it was bordering on un- unplayable. Like we were yep. going to get to the point where we had to ban factions or ban units yep. from yep. factions from, yep. from events in order mm-hmm. to make people want to come. Yep. Um, and so that is a terrible, horrible place to be. GW listened, and not only my biggest fear for that balanced data slate was it was just going to knock off GSC and Eldar and then buff a couple of factions and then not mm. touch anything else. Well, but originally at that point so in time, yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. You know, at, at, they, at that point in time, I believe they had just said, like, oh, we're going to do point changes every this often yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yep. exactly. And right. then they, they, yeah, they did, they were like, you know what? F the just the point changes, and they were like, "We're actually going to make some changes," and that that bree like was a breath of fresh air, and really gave me a lot of confidence in me the too. sense that they like were listening to people be like, "Hey, you gone messed up. Like we <laughs> like this game. Don't make us not play this game. Like we want to love this game and play this game. Don't." Don't do this like this, basically, right? Yeah. And so it was it was awesome for them to be like, Yeah, you know what? Whoops, whoops, my <laughs> bad. Um hundred percent. Let's make 100%. sure that they... uh, maybe Votan gets a little bit of extra stuff too, you know. Well, that, that's the thing. Not only was it a, hol- a holistic uh, change to the, the the balance of the game, it was a holistic change in every, you know, every kind of index that needed it. Uh, case, case in point, I mean sometimes for the worse because uh, what we have seen we just did the faction um, ladder last week Peter the Falcon uh, unfortunately your lovely faction Drakari is the third worst in the game but the two that are worse than it were two problematic factions prior to the Pride of the Zardus Lake that was Imperial Knights and Custodes those were both A tier A plus tier factions that were problematic and stats checking annoyingly people out of the game and now they are the two worst factions in the game whereas uh, Votan and Death Guard were two of the worst factions in the game and are now sitting in healthy B and A tiers themselves. So absolutely worked. Knocked it out of the park. Went a little yeah, bit I, too hard on some factions. I will say I too, much, though. much more prefer that than where we were. Yes, I agree with yeah. that too. But I will say too, because the Knights being down there, the Custodes being down there, those are two factions that if they get hit, I, I will admit, Knights got, Imperial Knights got hit destroyed way too hard. Like they got destroyed. I think any one of the changes they got would have been fine. But mm-hmm. anyway, I feel like those are kind of factions, custodes and Imperial Knights that if they get touched after being that strong for a while, the, a lot of the player base on those just like now drop it like it's hot. Yep. Yeah. So like their, yeah. their win rate probably dropped because the player confidence. Unquote, yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's hard to say like they're the they're the worst. It's just I I prefer to say they're just the underrepresented at this point. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. All right, let us move on to ten lovely minutes of talking about our favorite moments of the year. Actually, no, sorry, we're talking about at least never mind. We're talking about at least favorite moments of the year because we want to end strong. So uh, this uh, each one of you gets one response, both in least favorite moment of the year in 40k and least favorite moment of the year in life in general, if you are willing to speak to it, uh, because you know it's that time of year where it's kind of nice to share how we got over stuff. 
and how we got to the end of the year, hopefully in such a good fashion. But Sky, you want to kick us off? With uh, give me a few minutes. It's hard for me to like pick out <laughs> negative stuff. I need to, He's so my life positive. Is just so I need awesome. to find. Like, I, I literally need to take something out from deep. I try to look at the positive and everything. Uh, it drives people crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, just That's fair. I, I come back to me. Okay, come back. I will. Dustin, least favorite moment of the year in 40k or in life? Or I, I oh, I could do both actually. Do both. It's, it's easy. The worst, worst was the first couple months of tenth. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was fine because I actually wasn't able to play that much during the beginning of tenth anyway. So I wasn't. That was your that baby time. About it. That was my baby time. Yes. So like that, I wasn't that upset about it because I was like, okay, if it, if it, I, there had to be a terrible time in forty k, I'm glad it was now. <laughs> yeah. For for Very selfish fair. reasons. Uh, worst. Part of my life that uh, that for that, that year was uh, pretty easy too. Is after LVO, I that was the first time I ever really contracted COVID, and it oh nearly killed me. Damn, <laughs> it was, wow. it was, okay, it was bad, but yeah, that was that was rough. Like there's there's a couple of times I'm laying in bed, like this is it, this is how I die. This is yes. <laughs> Yeah, first dude, first time I got it, I was it was um in what 2022 when I when I made the run to get out of the get out of Australia after being in lockdown for two years. Yep. And I was it was Christmas. It was actually this time of year. And I was in a Airbnb in the middle of Tallahassee. Um I was hanging, you know, and I was uh I had a five-day fever. I had a, a fever that would not break for five days. I was the skinniest I'd ever been in, almost, you know, since I was a teenager. And I was pretty sure that if I had to go through like another 24 hours like that, that was it. I was I was not gonna make it. I was just yeah, just burning up for, for, for like five days straight. And yeah, it was rough. It was real rough. And I was lying in bed being like, You dumbass, you literally left the country to die in an Airbnb on the other side of the world away from your family. That's the other thing too, because you feel so bad because it was after LV was after LVO. So like, and I'm already feeling bad that I, like my wife really wanted me to go because she knew how much I wanted to go to that. And she was pregnant at the time. And now I'm Mm. sitting in in my isolated room that I can't even see my pregnant wife for the next while because I cannot, I cannot answer getting it. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. it was, it was a bad time. That was a bad time. Happy to hear you go through it. Yeah. Uh, Scary. Okay, okay. So my best and worst times in the game, at least this year, are kind of like the same time. Um, I, after the WTC, ended up having a time to go to England and do collabs with people, and that was really, really fun. So that was like nice. one of the best things. I love going, filming, I love, like, and I hanging s- out with folks. Specifically asked Scary for his least favorite moment. He had like three minutes to think about it, and he came back with. A I'm going to start with it. It's starting with the positive part. The negative part of that was was actually really kind of like made me sad. Was I that like I was going to go film with someone there, and they canceled on me while I was in England, and it uh, made me really sad because I'd literally planned like everything to go up there. And so, um, and so we didn't get to do a collab, and that made me really upset that they that they just kind of canceled on me while I was there. So that's that. <laughs> notice how we didn't mention the name. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, know who it was. <laughs> yeah, I know who it was. Well, we don't need to throw that shade publicly. Correct. It happens. Correct. It happens. <laughs> um, all right, gents. Well, let's get to the good stuff. Dustin, most favoriteest. It's a bit. Of life, that's that's easy. Life and and then forty k. Uh, my son being born, I was. Uh, and this 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 is favorite <laughs> moments, by the way. So you can pick like a specific game. You can pick a twelve inch charge. You can pick whatever you want from forty k. Okay, uh, for forty k, you, you, know, you can even even pick the birth of a child. 
I, I well from 40k. Yeah, that was definitely yeah, yeah, 40k. Yeah. More, but I'm definitely doing that because that was my favorite mode in the year for sure. But 40k wise, best moment in there. Oh man, uh, probably one of my Muscle Beach games where I kept throwing away 10 men aberrant squads and they kept coming back. And this was after they Disgusting. got nerfed. <laughs> they just kept coming Gross. back. <laughs> Like it takes the entire army to kill them, and they kept coming back. <laughs> that was, I think overall, I respawned over a thousand points in that game. Revolting. <laughs> that's po- that's post nerf, yeah. Like you said, I was, I was post nerf, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's on fives after turn yeah. two. <laughs> All right, Scary. Most favoritest moments. Most favoritest moments. Um, well, I will say that it, uh, you know, being like one of the one percent of the population that plays drukari competitively one of my favorite <laughs> moments has been single-handedly shifting the needle like eight percentile <laughs> points <laughs> for the yeah. faction at a carried. worldwide scale <laughs> carried totally carried <laughs> Putting the faction on that made me that made me very happy that weekend i was like that's hilarious <laughs> amazing yeah uh it does feel good to have to have such a such an influence at times, oh, um, sure. uh, my favoriteest moments, I, I dude, I, I this this year I streamed and commentated on the LVO, the WTC, and the world, the the WTW, the World Championships. I I just incredible, incredible forty k moments, and doing all this all those three in one year is like yeah, just just an absolute honor, and I'm, and I'm very grateful for those opportunities, awesome. that opportunity. Um, in life. I think I think travel. I think leaving the country four times. I saw snow twice this year, boys. That's amazing. That's the, that's the first time in my life I've seen snow twice in one year. Which wow. is, <laughs> it might sound crazy to some, but living in Australia, that's not that unusual. Uh, seeing snow in Australia is usually for the rich. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, oh we have to leave the country. But yeah, um, let us go into what we think we're looking forward to for 2024. Um, so lay down some goals and aspirations, Dustin. Goals and aspirations. Uh, well, I, I am I am intending to go to WGC this year or next year rather. This is something that's going to happen whether I make Team Canada or not. I am going. I need to be there. I haven't been there in God knows how long because COVID for the first. I make the team two years in a row after Serbia, and COVID happens, so I don't get to go. And then all the stuff with my uh, my kid the next two years, so I haven't been able to go for them. It's like this year. I'm going. I'm just going. Even if I don't play, I don't care. I'm going. <laughs> Fantastic. That is a big thing for me. Uh, Scary. I want to. Well, I I got a new studio this year. So, like, uh, in terms of like being able to film content and stuff, and that's been really really good. Um, so my goal is to hit the thirty thousand subscriber mark as a goal. And then nice. I, on my road to a hundred thousand, which is like I want one of those plaques. I really want one of those plaques. And uh, of course, WTC, like just that's just something I enjoy doing. But in terms of goals, it's really about working on, like, just continue to create content that people enjoy. Like, I just I just love it if people like watching what I do. That's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's good enough for me. If that makes sense. Nice. I think that's lovely. Makes perfect sense. What about you? Uh, I want to buy a house this year. 
I, I've I've rented long enough in my life. I thought you did buy um, the last one that you you're living in. No, nah, no, nah, I still have myself. But I've got the I got the money for a de- uh, deposit that I've been saving my little nest egg. I've been saving away for, geez, ten years. <laughs> uh, I'm finally in a position to buy a house financially, and the market is absolutely oh, gutter yeah. trash. So yeah. I'm sitting here hope, hoping that it comes good at some point and I yeah. get a, a decent deal. Um, apart from that, I'm just looking forward to more travel, more streaming. The you know the the GW gig is going to see me uh, hopefully traveling five to six times internationally in the next 24, uh, 24 sorry in the next twelve months. Uh, so yeah, really looking forward to that. Hopefully I cannot burn out on the the flights because it's just so much air travel. But uh, yeah, that's that's my aspirations for twenty twenty four as well. Awesome. And on that note, gents. Well, say say good day, say good night. We're going to wrap this one up, and uh, thank you very very much for helping me wrap up this year in review. Um, and we're going to go straight into part two, which will also be out for free for your viewing and listening pleasure. And we're going to be answering some listener questions, and then uh, doing a naughty or nice list, or I should say, naughty or nice, uh, as the wow. others would say. And gents. Please feel free to plug your wares once again. Scary, where can people catch more of you if they'd like? Yeah, on YouTube, Scardcast on YouTube. And all the links are right on there. Also, Stutter Scrub Podcast with Mr. Dustin. That's me. Beautiful. And yeah, definitely. Thank you very much, gents. We may go back to, we may review something next week, guys. I may just pull out a, you know, a, um, index we haven't reviewed that and just review it just so i can remember how to review things or when things actually come out <laughs> or about do something completely different next week but thank you so much again for 12 months of incredible support you guys are absolutely amazing i love you all and please join us over on part two for some more shenanigans and hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode take care look after each other and love you all thank you for listening to art of war down under a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.